you know you're a Londoner yeah. when you've stopped finding foxes charming. Yep, yep, I'd say and so. And you want to kill them all with your bare hands. <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good whatever. My name is Joe Magdich, the big dog at Time Out London, and you are listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, Winter Moon. The podcast in which someone creamier and steamier than myself gives me a guided tour around part of London that means a lot to them. One area, four venues that they would give their own illicit five-star rating to if they could. They can't, of course, because that's what we do at Time Out if we like somewhere. We perform a forbidden alchemical ritual, synthesizing five real stars into existence, and then we distribute those stars to the uh, deserving venue. Today, I've come somewhere I've never been before, I won't lie. Um, I couldn't have actually told you exactly where it was previously, but it's, it's nestled between Hip Peckham and residential East Dulwich, and it's always been there like a horror film when they have a photograph and they notice that there's someone behind them that was there the whole time. Nunhead has been here the whole time and now we are in Nunhead. It looks lovely to me. It's very, very uh, peaceful. It's residential and stuff. The name allegedly came from an actual nun uh, whose head was put on a spike for opposing Henry VIII's treatment of the monasteries during his rule. Lots and lots of other things to say about it. It was sort of like a market hamlet for ages until the streets of London began overflowing with the bloated corpses of their own and they needed to find more space to bury the dead uh, and the Victorians built their so-called Magnificent Seven cemeteries and one of them, uh, possibly the one that gets the least attention, was in Nunhead. Uh, the Nunhead Cemetery is what I'm standing in right now and it's very large and it's very very beautiful. It's where I've come to meet our guest and our guest is an incredibly well-travelled comedian uh, and memoirist, actually. During lockdown, he wrote a, a, a memoir called Side Splitter. He's just come back from a, a tour of the entire planet, I think, all over the world, Australasia included. And he is in the uh, Hollywood film Wonka. It's, of course, uh, Phil Wang. Phil Wang, born in Stoke-on-Trent, raised in Malaysia, and then in Bath, and then in London. He's been all over the place and is an incredibly well-known, very funny comedian. In any case, I've come to meet him amongst the sepulchres and tombs, uh, which is where I find myself, so let's go and say hello. Phil Wang. Hi, Joe. Where are we and why have you brought me here? I've brought you to a cemetery. Oh. <laughs> this is the Nunhead Cemetery, and this is where I come to think, to walk. This is the info board for the Nunhead Cemetery. This is my favorite part of we're looking at a big map. Yeah, there's a map of the whole place and a bit of history. I mean, do you think it's the least loved of all the famous cemeteries, the Victorian cemeteries, or the least known, maybe? I, I, I think it's one of the lesser known. The famous one is what, Highgate? That's, that's very that's famous. That's where Marx is. Would you be buried or cremated, do you think? I get really anxious about unnecessary space being taken up. Mm. Even on like a hard drive, I don't like files being there that don't need to be there. I, yeah. So I let alone my rotting body taking up real space in a finite universe. So, so I think I'd want to be burnt or eaten by animals. Okay, yeah. I know what you I'm mean actually, about the, the How on the Die is, I don't know if you've seen uh, Mulan. Yes. The villain at the end is shot up into the sky on a huge firework and explodes. Oh, yeah. I mean, similar to what happened to Hunter S. Thompson's Ashes, I think. It was fired into the sky in a cannon as oh, well. So it can nice. be done. It yeah, but be... I'd be strapped onto it as a person. Still living? Yeah, I think so, but it's all above board. I, I've agreed to it and everything. Okay, well, if that can't be arranged, I'm sure there's a small plot of land within the cemetery um, that you could, you could bagsy. You've been in Wonka. I have been in Wonka, yeah. That's true. How many of these people here do you think were in a film Movies? like Wonka? I doubt many. I feel like most of the people buried here were died before the invention of the camera. It's pretty old. Oh, we've got a dog. It's a Dalmatian. A Dalmatian. You don't see many of those these days. No, you don't. Especially um, not singular. They usually come in uh, 101. <laughs> that's true. Now the owners have walked away. I'll tell you why. Because they bite. Uh, and it's probably because that's not the first time they've heard a 101 Dalmatians that's, joke. Yeah, they fled made from the joke. Expense. That chapel looks to me like it could be, at night time, uh, quite scary. 
oh yeah, I know. I I don't come here at night. Although I think it's closed at night, mm. and they're always terrified of being locked in here. Yes. You've been locked in a park in London. I think it's very easy to do. Uh, yes, Phil. It's I too was, easy. I was locked in a park uh, when I was eighteen, and I was then uh, mugged and bludgeoned what? unconscious. Yeah. <gasps> so what? You know, all of your fears were realised through me. It can happen. But but you mugged and bludgeoned by people also locked in the park. They were also locked in the park. Yeah, they just. And then you just had to awkwardly share the park with them. Well, I awkwardly shared the park by way of being unconscious on the floor, oh my God, bleeding that's out terrible. my head for a while. Oh, yeah, jeez, I'm sorry, Joe. That's really bad. Thanks, man. But and then what happened? I don't know. I just got very, very unlucky with with the with the type of person I bumped into in, in, in a locked park. But then, you, what? You woke up later and, it was, and the park was open. No, I woke up later and there was just no one around, and and I was sort of face down on the stone. And then someone saw from outside the park and called oh. an ambulance. But I'll tell you what it does oh do, God. is that it, 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 it sort of makes you weirdly fearless in the future because you sort of, you know how it feels to be sort of like bludgeoned senseless, and it's not that bad. It so sounds pretty bad from, yeah. from how you've described it. The blood, I think, and being unconscious, usually pretty negative experience. But it, it's a bit overgrown, Nunhead Cemetery. This, I guess, would be my one um, negative. I think a cemetery should be sort of overgrown. Do you think? Yeah, I think all the best ones are uh, very alive and, and a bit kind of... Right, so you are you, you, okay, so there's a juxtaposition of death and life. Oh, definitely. That's what you, you like about a cemetery. Yeah, I mean, imagine being here in a storm or something. It would look unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a great spot to film stuff, don't you think? Yeah, that's the sort of thing someone that's been in Wonka would say. There's one family I always visit when I'm here. Um, they're the chickens. They're oh, that's nice. Corner. Well, I'm sure we'll see them in a minute. We're walking up a very steep hill now. Yeah, they're, they're, we're walking towards um, an almost good view. Oh, cool. The, Nunhead has an almost good view of uh, the city of London. It's uh, a bench on so the highest point of the park. Oh, nice. But the view is obstructed by, again, a bunch of vegetation. Okay, well, you seem to have a bee in your bonnet about the trees and the shrubs I around do, here. I like bit. it. I do. Do you think a cemetery should be sort of pristine? Not pristine. I think there should be a little more order. Mm to it. Um, I, in Malaysia, my, my grandparents are buried on this hill that's absolutely covered with graves. It's, it's awful. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every spare millimetre has a grave in it. And you're just clambering over graves to find your, your, your ancestors. Oh, gosh. And um, yeah, it's not a pleasant experience. So ever since then, I've held a torch for, uh, for orderly graveyards. Mm. And they are on the island of Borneo? That's right, yeah, Kota Kinabalu. Oh, I've been to Kota Kinabalu. Have you? Yes, wow. yeah. Wow, that was rare. Maybe like 20 years ago, I think. Whoa. Um, yeah. I would have still been there, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really great. Wow. I thought the people were so uh, charming and chilled out and the food was so good. The vibe of the place was, I mean, maybe it's changed now. I don't know, maybe everyone's really uptight. But um, <laughs> The food sucks now. Oh, that's great. Such a great Why experience. Why were you there? Uh, I, my girlfriend at the time, her mother was Malaysian Chinese. What? How old are you? I'm, uh, sadly, I'm 40. Really? Yeah. No way. Wow. Dead uh, soon. You, you seem uh, too young to have a girlfriend 20 years ago. Here we okay, are. So this the almost is the, nice view. This is the almost nice view. Would you not agree that it's, that it's almost a nice view? Well, do you know what? I'm going to compare it to last week's almost nice view, where the, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK, Ginger Johnson, took us to uh, uh, Walthamstow Wetlands. Oh, and yeah. showed us an almost nice view of um, <laughs> Stamford Hill. And I'd say... This view, if it was unrestricted, would be uh, great. But we're, so nice. we're limited to a sort of uh, a sort of thumb-sized sliver of it. That's right. And would you like to name the culprit for the the damaging of this view? Would you like to? Well, Phil, it's our friends, the trees. It is. Yeah, the trees lovely trees and sort of miscellaneous vegetation. You know that kind of vegetation you can't put a name to. It's not a tree. It's not a bush. Not a flower. Yeah. It's, it's just sort of. But isn't brush. that? I think that's St Paul's, isn't it? It is St Paul's. That is St Paul's, and that's that's a battle you can make out. Yeah. How old are you, by the way? I'm 33. I'm 34 in like a week. 33. Yeah. Well, that's the same age as um, Jesus when he died. That's right. <laughs> Why do you say when he died <laughs> like that? I like know. I was going to also die. Well, we're in a cemetery. That's such a coincidence you say that, Phil, because that's the age of Jesus when he died. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> if you had to earmark any of these spots for your own final resting place, Where's calling out to you? Uh, well, this area in general calls out to me because it is... I can never remember the name of this corner of the park. It's got something like the Infidel's Corner. It's not quite that harsh. That sounds very heavy metal. <laughs> it's basically for people who weren't... Because it's a Church of England um, graveyard. 
Catholics would have, been, have to be buried in the special corner or the other way around as a Catholic graveyard and the Church of England. I can never remember yeah. with English Christianity what's what. Doesn't really matter, one of them. And there used to be a special here. So this blank bit of land used to be a special chapel for the infidels or the people who weren't Church of England who wanted to be buried here. But the chapel's gone. Look at this. We've, we've rounded the corner and in among all the graves and the very sort of mock Gothic statues of weeping angels, there is what is a very Midsommar-esque yes. encampment. Yes. Uh, with a sort of uh, log fence built around it and, and yeah, dry very sort shrubs of, holding it all together. Yeah, so you're pointing out just the bare patch of grass that the Infidel's Chapel used to be on. Yeah, with a, there was a single crow perched in the middle of it as well. And in the background there are these graves in the trees. Is it crows that are, have symbolised death or ravens? Um, do you know Any what? I, I can't even tell the difference myself between them, so I'm not sure. Crows are the ones that are all over Japan. Wherever you go in Tokyo and stuff, in Japan, there's crows on every single electricity line. And, oh. they, and they've learned to make sounds that uh, sound alarmingly human. Oh, really? It sounds like a person going, Kaw! Like that, from up in a tree. <laughs> so it sounds like, so Japanese crows sound like people doing bad impression of crows. Yeah, they definitely Kaw. do. Yeah, Kaw! Flap, flap, flap. And it makes you jump when you hear it, because it really sounds like a man up in the trees <laughs> shouting at you, doing an impression of a crow. Whereas London pigeons go, oi! We've arrived We've arrived back at the board. Dissenters, that's it. It's the, the dissenters triangle, not the infidel corner. So the dissenters triangle is where you'd, you'd choose to be buried. That's it, that's it. The dissenters chapel. So that would be for people who aren't Church of England, I'm guessing. But I don't know why I like that corner. I guess because they're, they're the sort of the bad boys, isn't it? They're the misfits of the, that is of very, the graveyard. Yeah, that is, that, that's the back of the bus. <laughs> that's the back seat of the bus, the centre triangle. And all the graves, they have like cigarettes hanging out of the uh, Yeah, cool graves. Well, I feel like we've had a wonderful walk around the cemetery. Shall we move on to our second location? Yes, yes, let's. It's nice to be taken to an area which is like slightly unexpected. Oh great, uh, so you've not like, been here before? Never been here before, been to Peckham, been to East Dulwich, never been to the bit in the middle. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well Nunhead is um, I think coming up. I, I think I might be part of, <laughs> I might be part of the gentrification process because I, uh, I was told by an ex that her sister was looking for a place around here. Yeah. And the estate agent, without knowing any connection between us said, the area's coming up, I just sold a place to Phil Wang. Excellent, I'm, that's good. I'm part of the problem. Well, that could be a sort of universally recognised status for any area. It's like, well, would Phil Wang live here? <laughs> Has Phil moved in yet? Yeah, you know that those like good taste stickers that some bits of food get? Yes, yeah, yeah. it would yeah, be a think, sticker with your face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it that you like about Nunhead? You know, I, was, I looked for a place for so long, like years and years, and it spanned across like, the pandemic, and I, I was either going to go Nunhead or Walthamstow. Right. And... I just one day just stumbled across Nunhead Green, which we're about to get to, which yeah. is just a lovely little villagey strip of shops and cafes and delis, and it's such a sweet, pretty green. It does, the whole thing does have a kind of very sweet feel to it. That's it's, it, and I just fell parochial. in love with it. I just fell in love with this little strip, and I thought, I just want to be near this little strip. Yeah, it's, it's very, very peaceful. I mean, granted, we've been in a cemetery, so I mean, maybe it's not all <laughs> that peaceful. The other great cemetery, of course, IMO, is... Uh, Kensal Rise Cemetery. Oh, okay, I've not been. Unbelievable. Who's there? Um, who's anyone there? who's anyone is buried <laughs> there. But I don't know if you'd like it because even more than Nunhead, it's uh, an overgrown Ooh. atmospheric mess. But yeah. I think famously, I believe Terry Pratchett used to sort of walk through it every day to get ideas for books and things like that. I have thought it's that graveyards are a very good place to get characters' names. That's a good point. Stealing from the dead. Mm. Would you ever attempt fiction? Do you think? I know you've written, obviously. Oh, yes, I think so. Side splitter, quasi-memoir. Yeah, quasi-memoir, an observation yeah. on mixed-race life. Yes. But, yes, I think I would like to try fiction at some point. What sort of a book would you write? Oh. Well, uh, let, let me put it I'm this way. Is it going to be a book that makes money and it's like a sort of genre crime book, maybe? Or is it going to be a very important literary fiction title that 300 people buy right. and cost that, that, you money. That is always the choice, I think, Yeah. with novelists. I think I'm just going to have to go for that Osman Dollar. You have to. The Osman Dollar, yeah, absolutely. This country just has an, an unquenchable thirst for, for murders. You cannot get enough. 
My argument would be he's essentially taken that genre. You can't have anything to do with that. You need to own uh, erotic thriller. Or just erotic story <laughs> full stop. Uh, not even a thriller, just erotic. Okay. Yeah, right. Nothing thrilling about it. It's actually quite dull. It's just incredibly erotic. Mundane erotica. <laughs> that would be good. That's a niche that's never been served. Mundane erotica. Yeah. And they'd be sold in WH Smith's across the land, side by side with Osmond's. <laughs> I said, well, this is it. Oh, here we are. Okay, yeah, so we've arrived it. at our... That's why I stopped, sorry. I didn't, no, no, I that's... didn't think I was just being lazy. That's okay. We've arrived at our second location. Yes. Uh, we're on the corner of a street, on Cheam Street. Uh, do you want to say where we are? So this is um, Mother Superior. They've, 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 what I like about Nunhead is they've really gone with the whole nun theme. Do you know what? I was today old when I made that connection <laughs> between the name of the shop and the neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother Superior and the, the logo is a cool nun with sunglasses drinking a glass of wine. Oh, I love she it. She is cool. And they've just got like really a neat, a cool selection of wines and like deli bits and good olive oils. I think you always need a shop with like fancy olive oils. Yeah, do you know what they call crisps. those things now? They call them provisions. Provisions. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, all these shops always want to sound like they were, they're in the Wild West or something. You get a pantry and a provision. Yeah, a general yeah, goods store. Not into it. Shall anyway, we, lead the way. Go? Yeah, okay. let's go in. Okay. Hey, good to see you. How's it going? Hey, Oh, I was really expecting a bell to ring as we walked through the door for some reason. Hey. <laughs> Here we are. Yes, yeah, lovely shop. Uh, and you can tell it's good quality because they sell Torres crisps. Torres crisps, which is uh, quite a meme crisp. A very meme crisp. Very meme. Yeah. So inside, we have a lot of wine. Uh, a whole wall of wine over there, a lot of very cool labels, a lot of sort of graphic designy labels. Very cool labels, yeah. bottle caps, that's how you know it's cool. So you are, I should make it clear, you're a wine guy. I, yeah, well, I, I just got very nerdy about it a few years ago. Do you remember what triggered the nerdiness? I think I just, I just happened to get like a really good bottle of wine and I drank it and I thought, this is a lot better than the other wines. I wonder if there's a reason for that. And I looked it up and there are other people saying, yeah, this is good wine. And I go, oh, okay, so there's good wine and there's less good wine. And then, and then I think it's just like, I'm probably a bit autistic and it's just like, it's a great like autistic thing to get obsessed with. Cause right. you can drink it, it's fun, but also there's lots of facts to learn. Yes, and yeah. Like, and like, it's really fun learning which grapes are where and which grapes go into what wine and which French regions mean what grapes. So I, I would really love, I would genuinely really love to know way more about it. And I wish I knew a bit more. I think like a lot of people, wish I went to the theater a bit more, wish I knew a bit more about wine. And that's, that's about it, I think. Yeah, I actually did, I, I did Celebrity Mastermind and the topic I chose was the wines of New Zealand. And you've only and known about studied. it for a few years. Yeah. So it's quite recent knowledge for you. I just studied like wines in New Zealand and I got all I got all the questions right. Oh amazing. I got them all right. That's good, yeah. I love exams. So we're looking at a load of bottles here. Where is your eye being drawn to? My eye usually gets drawn to I'm I'm currently really into as everyone is, really into my chillable reds. Everyone loves a chillable red right now. Mm. So like the fruity red, I love that kind of thing. Our restaurant critic, the lovely Leone, was in a restaurant the other day, a very poncy, expensive one, and she said, What chilled reds do you have? And the Serving person said, "It's white wine that's chilled. Actually, we can no, yes, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. In a very, very condescending way. Not at all. Not that's at all. awful. What a terrible thing to say. It was I'm bad. angry right now. Yeah. So where are the chilled? The chilled. Well, I mean, you, I guess they'd be around the Pinot Noirs area here. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. The problem with very cool wines is they sometimes like go very minimalist with the labels, and so you're even more in the dark about and what's going on. Are all wine labels across the world? sort of created equally. If you're a funky, natural wine person and you've got tattoos, you can just put a drawing of your dog on it and uh, and and like a drawing of a middle finger and is it, the wine's called fuck you and... I'm sensing a level of sort of maybe, maybe resentment's too strong a word towards I, those, those, those am, types of people. <laughs> I'm fucking around, but I, 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 am, I am a natural wine denier personally. Yes. What is there to deny? I think it's wacky nonsense. Uh, wacky and nonsense. I'm very pro intervention because you know that's what they say about um, natural wine is it's low intervention they just leave it alone and they don't add uh, sulfates but the ancient romans added sulfates to their wine so the idea that it's like a, a new mass production kind of thing is um incorrect okay um so i don't know about a great it. way to judge a wine is something i, I learned in malaysia from a chinese man who said mort had a piku which means feel its ass feel its and ass basically he meant it's punt which is the dimple at the bottom of the bottle and if it's a deep dimple, it's probably uh, a good wine, which mm. is a bit of um, 
a, a, a wacky rule of thumb but in general it kind of makes sense because deep punts are quite expensive to mm. make in the bottle and so if it's a good winery it can probably um, afford a deep punt well that's two things one very interesting and useful knowledge two that's the introduction to your mundane erotica book deep punt yeah about the dimples <laughs> and the, the dimples on the bottle feel his ass feel his deep punt yeah do you know what would be good Let's get you a bottle of wine. <gasps> Are you that, kidding? Yeah, no, no, let's do oh, it. Oh, I let's wasn't fishing for that at all. So is there a bottle of wine that you wouldn't buy with your own money because you don't know what it's like, but you are prepared to risk it if it's free? Hmm. Oh, there's so much. I mean, look at the color of that. That's crackers. This looks like apple vinegar, basically. Okay, so it's an orange wine. Would you normally go for that? Uh, I, I like an orange wine, but this one, like the label, it looks like an element from the periodic table. It's got a bottle cap on it. I would. It looks a bit cloudy. I wouldn't normally fuck with that just because it looks quite natural. Yes, I see. So the yeah. branding and stuff, is it's annoying to you. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to force it on you. It's the one, yeah. With the, the periodic table on the label. Okay, yeah, okay, great. Okay, thank you so much for me, forcing me to drink that at some point. Yes. But you have to let me know if you liked it. <laughs> thank you so much, man. That's okay. Let's go behind it. Uh, please may I have the bottle of orange Puglia uh, for my friend Phil, please. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, that's your contactless technique. Everyone has different contactless technique. What's yours? Just, just, for, just for the listener's benefit, I sort of do a swooping motion. Yeah, yours hand. is like at a 45 degree angle. You put the, f the top end of your phone downwards. Like I'm pouring out the money. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the machine. God, that's crackers. What do you do? I'm, I'm completely parallel to the iZettel. I see. So the phone and the iZettel completely parallel. And so the image of the card on the phone line up with where I think the signals are going. Oh, that's interesting. But I never yeah. touch. Some people touch. I you know those people play contactless with a card and like press the card yeah, into the... Yeah, they do. It drives me crazy. You've got to wipe it's the money. It's called contactless. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that, the clue's in the name. You're right. I've I know. never thought of it. It's not, not contactless. But I've never, seen your, I've never seen the pouring technique. That's a new one for me. That's Thank you very much. It's gone Thanks, through. Emma. I appreciate it. See you Thanks, next time. Emma. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Okay, well, let's uh, make a move. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a very charming green. Well, yeah, so this is it. This is the kind of the bit that I fell in love with in Aww. Nunhead. There's this little green here. Also on the fence of this green is a lovely bit of, I love like public art. And do you see that there? It's got a sculpture of a fox jumping through. That is very cool. Yeah, the there's bars a sort of, um, of the fence. It looks a bit like a, a crack fox. It's got a kind of crack head expression. Yes. And it's forcing its way through bars with I fucking strength. hate foxes, man. Moving here, there's so many foxes here. Yeah. There's shit everywhere, they're always screaming. I hate them so much. I used to think they were charming. I think, I think it's like, you know you're a Londoner yeah. when you stop finding foxes charming. Yep, yep, I'd say and so. And you want to kill them all with your bare hands. They're, they are also now, I would say, entering their second or third era whereby <laughs> fear has left them, I would say. Oh, yeah. Foxes used to, you know, by their nature, they were very skittish and scared all the time. But these days, uh, foxes are brazen. You know what it is? It's Fleabag, series two. Is it? That gave the foxes quite good PR. What happened in that again? Oh, so the, 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 it becomes this running motif throughout the series two of Fleabag, of this fox that um, the walks across a path. And it's sort of mysterious. And I think it's emblematic of, I don't know, London life or oh, her, her own fleabagginess or her own scattiness or I'm not, I'm not really sure. So it was a sort but, of like a literary device. Yeah, but there's something charming and mysterious about it, which yeah. I, I think gave foxes quite good PR. And I think they've just been a bit, they've been even bigger dickheads since series two of Fleabag came out. I foxes, see, yeah. Because they know now that like people think they're cool because of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So they're like a band that's had like one good review in Enemy, right. and they're sort of like really full of themselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. Better than rats, though, surely. That's true. Or the rats don't scream. Famously, rats are allegedly all around us, which is not a not a fact. I, I think it's one of those nonsense facts. The one uh, that you're never more than six feet away from a rat. Yeah. I think yeah. they must be like averaged, because there's no way. I, I mean, I'm looking around us now, and so I there's can one see person in London who's just covered in rats. Right, uh, yeah. That really messes up the average. Yes. Unless 
under our feet at this exact rats? moment there is there is a, a moving river of vermin and rats. I don't well, believe Well that would be a sewer, I guess. That would be a sewer. You've literally just described a sewer. I suppose I have. Which yeah. do exist and which were was definitely near me. I guess that's what it is. Just the sewers. Sewers. Yeah. Would you ever live in the sewers? Um do you know what? Have ever, done since the, ever since the no, but that's a good idea. They've, they've opened up a super sewer in London. Is that one. true? Yeah. They're, what they're is a super, super sewer? It's a sewer, uh, but much larger than a normal one. Because all, all of that's our sewers. That's good because we were Victorian. about to hit. Uh, we were about to hit the um, uh, the capacity of the original uh, London sewers, which were built with capacity in mind, but we we ended up um, uh, outgrowing it as well. When they say reached capacity of shit, just the the amount of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're clogging up the sewers. Oh, oh, have we arrived? I believe we've arrived at our yes. third location. Yes, this is Kudu Grill. Okay, which is, yeah. um, an amazing restaurant. It looks like we're outside of an old pub. Yeah, it is an old pub. It's actually still got the Truman's signage yes, on it, Truman's. but they've painted over. I love that when, when like a new restaurant or something takes over an old building but keeps the old yep. signage. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a lovely, oh, wow. it's a beautiful restaurant. It's a really lovely interior. Hi. Th Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> Wowie. Thank you very much for letting us in. Yes. Super kind. Pleasure is all mine. Grab a seat. Oh wow. So we've just sat down in Kudu Grill. Yes, it's been here a couple of years now. So the Kudu is a, um, a sort of collection of South African restaurants. The first one is Kudu, uh, which is near, near where I'm at, near Queens Road Station, Queens Road Beckham and like fancy South African food with these amazing sort of flatbreads and uh, meats and stuff. And then under the next door under the station, they've got uh, little kudu, which is sort of wine and small plates. And then here, sort of in deepest Nunhead, they've mm. got kudu grill, which is like a neighborhood restaurant. There's no better flavor in all food than that slightly burnt taste. Yeah. <laughs> That's what grilled food I answer. So you can't really get it with anything else. And Bry Grill is like, that is South African cuisine, is grilling yeah. stuff. W were you familiar with South African cuisine before Kudu? I've actually, yeah, I've been to South Africa. I went to filmed an episode of Dave's uh, World's Most Dangerous Roads. And we went through South Africa and I went with um, uh, my friend and comedy, uh, comedy partner, um, Piano Valley, who is South African. And like a couple of nights in, we're driving into Lesotho and we stop at uh, these rondavals, which are like round houses, literally round houses, traditional sort of South African uh, accommodation. And there's just a grill outside that you're free to use. And the crew just brought in all these South African sort of steaks and sausages. And they just started grilling on this outdoor kind of like improvised grill. And it was the most delicious grill I've ever had. A lot of just, meat. Yeah, just a lot of meat, but they're just so good at it. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think this, this, this restaurant has that. I don't think anyone grills as well as the South Africans. And so Kudu Grill sort of has that. Um, it looks super nice in here. Like the colors are all really lovely. It's, the chairs are It's a millennial's nice. wet dream. It is. Forest green, mid-century chairs, and wood. That's it, yeah. Distressed walls, a bit of piping. The Gen Z can keep their past. Ceiling colors. fans that are definitely never turned on. No. I love it's, this kind of it's thing. It's lovely. What other restaurants do you like in London? I go a lot to a place in Holloway Road opposite the Arsenal Stadium called Cyan Impression. Very good. Yeah, during lockdown for me, that was a real lifeline. Yeah. Mm. I mean, best noodles in London, I reckon, yeah. Cyan Impression. I really like to go to Laxamania. Where's that? It's just off Ox Oxford Street. Okay. And Rasasayang is, I think, is, I, I don't know if Rasasayang, which is a Malaysian restaurant in uh, Chinatown, which has been around for a while, but I think it's recently under new management or they've redone it and it's, it's, it's really good now. Is that the one that's on the, the very small side street? Yes, in Chinatown. Yeah. I love that place. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've been going there for so, so long. Oh, great. Really, yeah, yeah. really awesome. No, that's really food. awesome. That's really good. Yeah. If you had to only eat in Chinatown, what would be your most visited restaurant in Chinatown, do you think? Um, I recently s went for the first That's time. That's such a, a weird way of asking what your favorite restaurant in Chinatown is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think there's a d different way of phrasing this question normally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said uh, it like that. There's a good Vietnamese place there called Viet Food in Chinatown. It's really good. Oh, what was it? There's this kind of Taiwanese place now that I re went to recently there. That's really good. So, Leong's Legend, I really like in Chinatown. <gasps> oh, thank you very much. Um, we've just had some. Is it sort of uh, biltong put down? Uh, homemade biltong. Oh, you, so this is where you make biltong for all the Kuda restaurants. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Thank brilliant. You. Thank you so much. I really love biltong. Yeah, I like, biltong's awesome. I like dry, bitter foods. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm not a fan of uh, sauciness or sweetness. Have you tried tea leaves? Uh, not by themselves, no. Just to oh, munch well, on. They sound right up his street. <laughs> I mean, that's lovely. That um, this is so nice. It's it's kind of um, a peppery. It's beefy. It, it's definitely a world away from the sort of vacuum-packed stuff that you get hanging on the side of aisles and supermarkets. Marketed as built on or jerky, it's often quite kind of gelatinous or weirdly sort of synthetic tasting. This is really sort of smoky and meaty. Yeah. It's lovely. I mean, really good biltong. It's almost it almost doesn't feel dried. It's almost like a piece of steak. You know, it, it, there's still a freshness to it and um, and still moisture in it, mm. which this which this has. Oh, hello. Thank you. Oh yes, padron peps. I love a padron pepper. Have you heard the myth about uh, padron peppers? There's an urban myth about padron peppers? Yes, there is. That in every pile of padron peppers or something, there's one that's really hot. <laughs> right. That's yeah, what yeah. everyone says, but it can't be true. That's the same as the, the same as the six meters from a rat. Same as dogs can't look up. Same as if you drink this followed by that, you won't get a hangover. A cow yeah. can't go downstairs. Okay. Okay. I'm going in for the first one then. Okay, padron pepper number one. Was that one good? Okay, mine one, mine wasn't spicy, which I think statistically increases now the chances that you're going to hit a spicy one. My one wasn't spicy, but I am incredibly hard. <laughs> do you like spicy food? I do. I love spicy food. Uh, I, just, I just stopped putting chili sauce on my food when I was like a teenager because I just realized I wasn't tasting any other flavors. Yeah, you're like one of those people that live in a village in Russia and they're just burnt out their taste buds with vodka and lemons and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, Kuda Grill have very kindly sent us some more little bits. We've got a little uh, tatar, a little grilled prawn with peri-peri sauce. I love like traditional dishes with, I don't know, a twist from another country. Yeah. You know, like having like South African steak tatar and stuff. I just love that sort of thing. And yeah. peri-peri sauce and anything's great. Authentic, but not too authentic. <laughs> yeah. I like fusions, twists. Yeah. Well, we've got a whole load of fusions and twists in front of us. Should we uh, dig in? Yes. Let's talk. Let's do it. All right, well, that was uh, extremely delicious. That Food. was yummy. I'm very glad I, uh, I chose a restaurant. I should have just picked three restaurants. Yeah, that's one way to scam this. <laughs> Turn it into a grift. I'm always looking for a grift. Joe. Yeah, you could come on at every single series and just do restaurants and just sit there in silence and eat. <laughs> I, I just remembered as well, you're a big fan of chess. Oh yeah, well, fan, it's not quite the right word. I have a chess problem. Okay. I'm just addicted to online chess and just playing online chess. It's not even enjoyable anymore. It is just like, I have to- What is it that you get out of it? Ingest this drug. Oh. I think the way the online chess is designed, as with everything, that's, I mean, to say it's been gamified is a bit redundant because it is a game, but, yes. but just the dopamine hit of starting a new game and winning a new game, right. but also the danger of losing it. And watching your numbers go up, watching your score go up, go up you know, your rating. So I'm going to say the names of certain chess pieces. Okay. And I want your like gut reaction to just hearing that piece of what you associate it with. Pra uh Prawn? Delicious. <laughs> Easily the most delicious of the chess pieces. Pawn. Pawn. Beginnings. Uh, humility. Bishop. Pious. Uh, cunning. Horse. Horse. Uh, jumpy. King. King, lazy. Queen. Overworked. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been tempted to enter into a chess competition, a formalized one? Maybe you have, I don't know. I did actually, <laughs> I played with some uh, Hollywood people. Right. Over lockdown, I, I know a guy who works in Hollywood, who write, who's a writer there, who's into chess, and he got me into like a Zoom group, and they were like Hollywood actors and shit on there. It was like- Did you know which actors were playing or was it just pseudonyms and stuff? Um, I don't even know if I should say. I don't even know if it was a secret. Well, okay, who didn't you beat? I didn't play against Angelina Jolie. Okay. Didn't play against John Cena? So by, I didn't play against John Cena, so I think by process of elimination, you could probably figure out who I did. Right, I see, yeah. I can, well, if I just keep naming people you didn't beat, eventually you'll go silent when I mention someone that you did. How did you get in with the, was it just a writer's thing when you're... Uh, working in comedy, you just happen to work on a project that has a Hollywood writer attached to it as well. It's actually the, the comedy writer um, Sam Bain. Okay, yeah. Who, who, who um, made Peep Show along with Jesse Armstrong. Of course, yeah. And um, he's really into chess, and we became friends via chess. And then when I went out to, to LA to do some shows, we met up in person. Well, that's quite, quite good. Mo yeah. Most people are sort of introduced to 
sort of shady Hollywood cabals via, <laughs> via Epstein, maybe, or things like that. But you got into it via chess. Yeah, yeah, we all, we all we all go to this island. <laughs> play chess, <laughs> chess island, chess island. <laughs> yeah, I'll be checking the uh, yeah the chess logs, see whose name, if your name pops up in there. That's the good. Chess, but now though. now you're now you're a, um, a film star in in Wonka. Yeah, yeah. There is a chance. Everything's changed. Yeah, yeah. You are you are going to sort of uh, live a very different life. I like, think so. Yeah. Nunhead must seem quite small to you now. I mean, it's actually weird that we haven't been mobbed. Yes. Well, there's still time. There's still People time. People have been shouting Wonka, Wonka across the street at me. Um, <laughs> I think, at least I think. I think that's what they're saying. We've arrived at our fourth location. Would you like to say where we are? We are at the Old Nun's Head, which is a beautiful pub uh, it's here great. in Nun Nunhead. And it's like an old Tudory kind of building. Yeah. I mean, what's the history of the place? Oh, here we go. I love a pub that has its history written on the side. It makes it so easy. Here we go. Well, you, you want to read the middle section there because this oh, is really- there was really, a nunnery on here. This is the story of the area. Oh, here we go. I mean, this must be where the name of the place comes from. A nunnery on this site was suppressed during the Reformation. The mother superiors received Henry VIII's expulsion order and put up such a stout resistance that she was murdered and her head exhibited on a pike staff on the green. So there was a nun's head here. Yeah, stuck sick. on a stick. That's great. Well. It's been a lovely history lesson. Should we, uh, should we go on in? Yeah. Let's pop in. Heading in. Oh, it's a lovely wooden pub. Look at that. Uh, please may I have uh, a Guinness? I'm trying to bring back Please May I Have. Did Please May I Have stop being used? Well, have you heard anyone use it recently? Please May I Have. I, sing, I think I say it all the time. I say it when I order a restaurant usually. I say Please May I Have. Well, I'd say that's, that, that says good things about you. You don't ever hear people go, I'll take, I'll have. We're going to go with, is the one. The what, what, what do Americans say? I'll do that. I'll do this. Oh, I can't yeah. stand that. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the burger. You know <gasps> what we'll do? We'll do the burger. Oof. The worst. I can't. I'll, yeah, I'll do the Caesar salad. I cannot. I'll do. Yeah. My goodness, come on. Someone has to stand up to these people. This is a lovely pub. So wait, it's how? It's a beautiful pub. And this is um, the first pub I, I went to when I came to Nunhead. Me and the comedian Ian Smith, who lived with me briefly, we came here to sort of celebrate our new um, domestic setup. Brilliant. And we just sat here and had a pint and uh, a drag queen came around and handed us a piece of paper and unbeknownst to us, it was drag quiz night. Ah. That's the kind of place we're dealing with. Did you take part? No, don't know enough about drag. I don't actually think you the quiz was about drag. You were horrified by the prospect drag. and you both left in disgust. <laughs> uh, I, just wasn't, I just wasn't in the frame of mind for a quiz. If I do a quiz, I want to do well. Yeah. Were you uh, a quiz person at university? You go to pub quizzes. Um, we did. We did the um, the quiz machine in the in the in the college bar a lot. Yes. But um, I've only recently become better at it. I think my general knowledge used to really suck because I didn't read very much. Mm. And since I graduated, I started reading more. People who are good at quizzes, pub quizzes, and all other types of quizzes. Are they necessarily intelligent people? Some people are just so really really clever at it. Like. You know, uh, Paul Sinner, of course, the Cinnamon. The Cinnamon, yeah. From uh, The Chase. He's a comedian, but he's also like a champion quizzer. And he just clearly has a different mind from everyone else. Yeah. I was in Siena with uh, my girlfriend a few years ago, and we're in the square. And I look to my right, and in comes Paul Sinner with his boyfriend. And I go, oh, Paul. And he's like, oh, wow, hey, what a coincidence. And then we're talking about having just been in, in Florence. And they were about to go to Florence and he said do you have any recommendations and I said oh yeah there's this great rooftop bar called the, and then I had to look it up and it was a long Italian name like La Torre de la da da and he's just looking at me just nodding as I'm saying this incredibly long name and um, not writing it down or anything and I think oh he's just being polite and then a few days later he sends me a picture of him in the bar saying thanks it was a great bar thanks for the recommendation he committed it to memory he just heard this long italian name once and he just remembered it yeah perfectly. you weren't on the same series of taskmaster as him were taskmaster you? taskmaster <laughs> do you always say it like that i do now yeah <laughs> there are no rules anymore no and also no memories people have short memories i've seen a dave Chappelle comedy special that suggests there's no jokes anymore as well is that the latest latest one yeah yeah i watched that it's kind of weird man <laughs> I think Americans are quite pompous compared to Brits. Oh, very much so. American stand-up comedians, I think, in general, are a lot more... 
wanky about stand-up and yeah. there's especially a particular type of american comedian who's very wanky about stand-up and it probably comes with your know, stand-up having come from america but but and americans in general take themselves a lot more seriously yeah than the brits it was definitely part of the act man. it was just like when i was 15 i dreamed of being up here on this stage doing what i'm doing and now i am and everyone just got to their feet and started clapping i know yeah i i you know i Grew up loving Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And I think in these recent specials, there are still flashes of that brilliance and his his impeccable like act out and his cartoonishness and his you know there is still a you know you can still see his genius there. But it, like at least half of the last three specials are this sort of kind of odd, almost like um, inspirational. Yeah, it's very and he keeps calling himself a dreamer and then he refers to other celebrities, which he would by definition include you now. Yes the star of Wonka. Thank you. He would include you and he would refer to you as a dreamer as well. As if to become a celebrity was sort of proof that you had the courage to dream. Yes, and you just dreamed harder than everyone else. Yeah, you dreamed harder and bigger. And personally, like my failing to be a celebrity is because I never dreamed enough. Yeah. And I was limited by my own tiny mind. <laughs> I think that's how he thinks of Your it. Your own inability to dream of something as unconventional as fame and success. As fame and fortune, yeah. <laughs> Only a dreamer could imagine a life where it was them, but with more money. And, oh, and can you imagine the mind you yeah. need to come up with that? I, when I have a dream, I always just think, wouldn't it be nice to be exactly as I am now or poorer? <laughs> but you're telling me I could dream of being <laughs> successful and rich. Dave, you've really opened my eyes. <laughs> but you have to dare to, you have to dare to, because it's very scary. Oh, I don't. Imagine, I don't. <laughs> imagine nice things. Oh, I don't. I'm not a big enough dreamer. In any case, at this stage in the proceedings, we like to broaden our perspective to the entirety of London and away from merely Nunhead. Uh, and I'm going to ask you about the, the favourite things that you have in the city of London uh, as a knee-jerk response. Great. Sound, okay. Okay, yeah. sound good. Yep. We're going to start with, what is your five-star pint? Um, I think it might be The London Black by Anspach and Hobday. Who okay. Are, who are um, a small uh, microbrewery around London. And they, have a, they make a London porter, but it's quite stouty. It's called the London Black, yeah. and they've got it in a whole bunch of pubs, but they've also got it at their Arch House in uh, Bermondsey, on the Bermondsey Beer Mile. So it'll be that drink in the Bermondsey Beer Mile. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that. Yeah. And if you had to substitute beer for your beloved wine, oh. what would be your, your five-star glass of wine? Most people don't get asked that, but I feel like for you it's a sort of relevant question. Um, I really like Forza Wine in Peckham. There's a rooftop wine bar. Okay. A lovely selection, beautiful views, lovely food. Mm. What, what are you quaffing at Forza? Oh, it's a chilled red, isn't it? It's chilled it's, red. It has got to be a chilled red, maybe um, um, a, um, a Beaujolais mm. or a Grenache. That one? A Grenache? That one? I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think it is, yeah. Have you been to the Beaujolais wine bar in Soho? No. Oh, my gosh. Is it just, they just do Beaujolais? It's famous for Beaujolais. They do more. It's all French wine, but what a place. What's it called? Beaujolais. Oh. It's called Beaujolais. Oh, great. It's, awesome, man. It's, it's like a really, really fun, packed, really old place, like 60 years old or something like that. Um, rickety wooden, uh, loads of character. Often the people who sort of drink in there used to work there. A lot of fun. Oh, great. Beaujolais yeah. is a hook. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is your five-star pizza? I, I, I don't eat loads of pizza, but I recently got one from Mama Doe. Which they've got a few around, but there's one on Queens Road, Peckham. Okay. Uh, what what, what kind there. of pizza was it? Sourdough mm -hmm. pizzas, and they've got a sweet pepperoni pizza. One, I think maybe my favorite pizza is like pepperoni pizza with a bit of honey on it. Yeah. What is, I don't understand the honey so nice. thing at the moment. People are putting hot honey on pizzas. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really honey. nice. It really works. Mm, okay. You, you don't like it? I just don't see the point. For me, <laughs> it's a margarita or nothing. Oh, really? Yes. You're margarita man. The flavor has nowhere to hide. If you order the most simple pizza on the menu they're forced to come out of the kitchen it's like they're coming out of the kitchen naked right but yeah. why do you want that from because there's things? nothing because you wouldn't, you wouldn't demand that of people no i wouldn't but i feel like with a pizza it's 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 the most basic version of pizza so it's just the it's just the ingredients you can taste the basic okay. ingredients but what if you want to taste pepperoni then you get pepperoni i guess ah. yeah <laughs> okay your system works your system works yeah uh okay what is your five-star park in london I think I have to say Brockwell. Mm -hmm. I think like I would have loved to live near Brockwell Park near Brixton there. It's just so beautiful and it's got that lovely hill in the middle, mm -hmm. that clock tower and the Lido. Yeah, I think that's it's such a nice park. Uh, what is your five-star tube station? 
Oh, you know, it might be Great Portland Street. Okay, yeah. I think it's it's like it's small. It's very simple. It's like one line. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's very beautiful, very tiny, very self-contained. It's like on this little island. So that's got to be one of the oldest stations in London, I right, reckon. Right, it must yeah, be, because yeah. the, that bit of the circle line, is that was the first bit, I think, dug out of the tube. You know, you see the sort of old paintings of Baker Street Tube Station. Yes. And it's that same platform that looks the same as it does today. Yes, yes, yes. Pretty sure Great Portland yeah, Street the, the is the same. Yeah, the platform looks the same as the Baker Street platform. Yeah, it's, it's very all, similar. Yeah, Natural yeah. light and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and then you pop out just on the corner... Uh, opposite Regent's Park. That's right. Yeah, and Plus I want you, you got phone signal in there. That's that's the dream. You get phone signal in Great Portland Street. Yeah, because really? it, like you, this is not that deep. I my vote goes to any tube station without a lift. That's why. It. Well, I don't want a lift. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't be queuing yeah. for a lift. I wouldn't be able to walk down and walk up. Yeah, I feel, I feel you like, like a lift. You look at me. If I was in a wheelchair, I might appreciate it. I oh, look, look. <laughs> I'm not trying to paint you as a villain saying, here. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm against accessible <laughs> tube stations. Like well, it. I knew the hatchet job would start at some point. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, of course it should be accessible. I mean, I, I, I don't like a tube station that requires a lift because it's so deep. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit creepy. And then being in the lift when they're packed, just no one speaks. You can just hear them breathing. Yeah. Everyone's sort of breathing in unison. You know what I mean? You yeah, become so you become one. <laughs> just like an organism. Yeah. <laughs> what is your five-star cup of coffee? There's a great coffee shop in Nunhead on the Nunhead Green called Good Cup. And they're a bunch of um, skater hipsters. Okay. And um, for some reason, people who are into skating are also really good at making a long black. I don't know how that started. I don't know how the two cultures came into contact of skating and very good coffee. Yeah. But it did at some point, clearly. But Good Cup does a really good coffee. I have a feeling that the middle of that Venn diagram somehow is, is Australia, Melbourne in particular. I don't know how I feel that way, but just people in but Melbourne. it's not a really skaty place. Is it Australia. not? I don't think so. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah. Oh, I realize that go. every, every comedian spends a lot of time in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every successful comedian, I mean. Yeah. Have you ever enjoyed milky coffees? Silly, milky, frothy coffees? Yeah, that's how I started. I think you all started. Started with, you know, fucking hazelnut toffee lattes. Yeah, all of And that. then, okay, well, I'll grow up. It'll just be latte. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'll grow up. It'll be a flat white. And okay, then, I'll grow up. It'll be Americano. And now I'm literally at just espresso. Now, I'm just, now yeah. it's just like a functional... Once you get used to that, the idea of having a massive cup of hot, milky, weird... <laughs> it, it, you feel like a big baby. Well, this was it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'd, I'd drink a coffee at four o'clock because I was getting sleepy and I'd just be sleepier. And I was like, why am I just getting sleepier? And I realized I was drinking a cup of hot milk. You've had your hot milk. At 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your five-star uh, tourist attraction in London? Yeah, I guess it's not very original, but I think probably the Natural History Museum. Uh, no, do you know what? You're the first person to say really? it. Yeah, I makes the change from the London Dungeon, which is what everyone else has said. Really, I've never been to the six London people Dungeon. have said the London Dungeon. <laughs> well, in the Natural History Museum, I think it's so beautiful the building, and I never tire of going there. I'm never not struck by how beautiful it is, and the tiling inside is so detailed you don't even notice it until you walk right up to say a column, and you'll notice that the tiling are like monkeys climbing up the whole column. Wow! And I- every element of the interior has these little nods to natural history that yeah. you don't even notice from afar. There's just so much detail in there, and there's a whole room that's just full of rocks, and they're like, it's a room full of rocks. Go fucking look for a rock if you want to find a rock. Yeah. And there's like they don't they don't hold your hand. They're just like here's a room of rocks. Yeah. Do you have a five-star burger? Yes, and I think it actually might be here. The nun, the, they do a smash burger here. Oh, right. Okay, head. cool. That's really good. Uh, do you think with burgers, the simpler, the better, or are you a fan of fancy toppings? I think I'm now in a simpler, the better. Another favorite burger, and this might get me excommunicated from your podcast in London. No, that was the disabled comment you I, made. <laughs> no, I didn't make a disabled comment. Let the record show. Um, I, I had the American burger at Weatherspoons, and I thought it was great. Really? Yeah, I love it, there, yes. There is a sizable... Weatherspoon's fan base yeah. around our office as well, actually. Yeah. And as you, someone so pro-Remain as me, it's a problematic fan, fanhood to have, but mm. it's cheap, it's simple, and the burger's actually not bad. Yeah. I like it. What is a five-star city that's not London? And you can't say New York, because that's cheating. Sure. Well, it's actually come up, and it's Melbourne. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I know it being a comedian and going to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival, but it's just... I think it's a perfect city. It's got amazing food. Yeah. Like I think maybe the best food city I've ever been to. It's just like there's no bad food really there. Amazing Chinatown, uh, great fusion restaurants. 
great wine, great bars. You're right by the Yarra Valley, so you've got a, a wine region on the doorstep. Uh, we've also got great culture. There's the um, the art gallery, the NGV, National Gar- Gallery of Victoria. Yeah. Great museums. And the weather's perfect because it's Australia, but it's cold Australia. Mm-hmm. So it's like ideal. Uh, How do they differ from Sydneyites, the Melbourneites? I was told that Melbourne is New York and Sydney is LA. Right. Mm. Okay. And I think they're more or less nice plays people. Out. Dickheads. Is that, is that <laughs> and, what you mean? By then, people, that depends on how you see those things. I suppose. I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, but, go either way. But I mean, the Sydney is like, it's sunnier, it's more beachy, it's maybe a little more uh, showy, it's a little yes. more ostentatious. Melbourne is a little more alternative. It's probably a bit wankier, but mm. I'm, I like that. A lot of tattooed people. Yes, you like that as well. I like. That. I never get one myself, but I love it on others. Yeah, yeah. You like to be near it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. always very envious and um, admiring of people with tattoos. Yeah. I wish I had the self belief. Well, trust. the end of this podcast is we always go and get tattoos. Oh fuck! Yeah, the guy's outside. He's got his needles ready and everything. <laughs> Uh, and it's just the Time Out logo, right? It is just the Time Out logo, <laughs> On yeah. our forehead. Less of a tattoo, more of a branding <laughs> exercise. <laughs> a literal branding. So we began with your death in the cemetery. Yep. And we end now with you being... Uh, brought back to life? Sort of brought, yeah, brought back to life or born... Uh, but also on the site where a nun was beheaded for resisting Henry VIII. Yeah, let's not so forget. So we've bookended with death. Yeah, that's true. Death at both ends. Yeah. Have you enjoyed today? I really have. It's been a lovely day out. And I think you don't really get to truly appreciate the area you live in until you show someone around it, you know. And you mm-hmm. learn new stuff about it yourself. Yeah, I've had a really lovely time. Thanks for inviting me on. I hope you've liked my choices. I've had a great time. I've learned about wine. Yeah. I've learned about uh, death. And uh, the Infidel's Corner, that was really good. Infidel's Corner. Yeah, yeah. Descent, what was it? The Dissenter's Triangle. Dissenter's Triangle, that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's been a very, very edifying day, I would say. It's actually what I call my crotch, the Dissenter's Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so close to getting to the end without any, without any blue humour. And now it's gone blue at the end. <laughs> I always get it in eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a wonderful day. <laughs> Phil Wang, thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Time Out. Well, that was Phil Wang's nunhead. Uh, a wonderful phrase to say out loud. I appreciated being shown around uh, this part of town because I didn't know it at all. And it is very, very uh, lovely, very sweet, very residential. Uh, if you want to see more of him, uh, his global tour, Wang in Their Baby, is coming to the Hammersmith Apollo on February the 23rd. You can see him there. Uh, follow him on Instagram at WangPix, great name. And if you want to hear more from us, it's a new guest. It's a new episode every single Tuesday, as you well know. Uh, so can't wait to see you next week. Until then, love thyself and love thy neighborhood. Cheerio.